The reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 7, beginning at verse 30. Jesus has been preaching in the, the tabernacle and, as usual, has been causing a bit of a stir. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, when the Christ comes, will he do more miraculous signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up till that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is a prophet. Others said, He is the Christ. Still others asked, How can the Christ come from Galilee? Does the scripture not say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Richard, very much indeed. So welcome to 2021. What a strange transition it was on Thursday evening. No crowds in the city of London uh, along the embankment, but uh, still a fantastic light show. I thought uh, the drones were quite uh, extraordinary and awesome, and uh, I'm sure many of you saw that. But uh, all of us locked up in our own homes, no gatherings of families, friends, a very unusual situation. Now, last year, we may have thought that we knew what 2020 looked like as we entered into that new year, uh, but we were all so very wrong. This year, we have no idea what 2021 will look like. We do have those things we're looking forward to, as we shared earlier on. Uh, we do not know who, what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Jesus is inviting us to come to him and to follow him and to journey with him through this year. And as we mentioned earlier in the words of Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so it is with great excitement that I come to our new sermon series, which is called Invitations of Jesus. The series is very loosely planned at the moment, and we still need to uh, give a lot more thought as to some of the detail around this, and there is space to change things as we go along. But there are a number of very powerful invitations of Jesus which I believe we need to consider in these coming weeks. And the first one today is an invitation 
to spiritual refreshment. An invitation to spiritual refreshment. And so I would like to focus especially on the words that were within our reading, which are also the words of our text for this year. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is our text for 2021 and many of you I hope will have received this text card along with your Christmas service invites early in December. If you didn't get one or would like more then please do contact the church office because we've got plenty of these cards. They're in A6 size and also we've got the electronic file so we can send either of those to you at any time. Uh, and also, perhaps just by way of introduction to this series, while the uh, picture of the card is on your screens, uh, just to also express my appreciation for the two books that I found especially helpful in thinking about this. Uh, Better Song to Sing by Mags Duggan, who was a missionary in East Africa, and then a lecturer at Redcliffe College, and now a retreat leader and spiritual director. Her book was uh, tremendously helpful in preparing this. Uh, and also, the book Invitations of Jesus by Trevor Hudson, who is a Methodist minister living in South Africa, who was here in this church for a visit a couple of years ago, and it was great to be reminded of his book as well. Now, I wonder whether you know what it's really like to be thirsty. Here are these words in front of us. If anyone who is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, says Jesus. What's it like to be really thirsty? Uh, I'm thinking initially of physical thirst. Thirst to the point of dehydration. Not only would you have a dry mouth, but maybe you would feel dizzy or lightheaded. You would have muscle cramps and a deep fatigue. Most of, this, most of the time in this country, it takes quite a long while without fluids to reach that point of dehydration. But in some hot countries, then the risk is much greater and it's a daily reality that if you are exposed to the sun in high temperatures, you could well feel those effects and come to that point of serious dehydration. Indeed, when you're faced with a survival situation, drinking uh, uh, clean water is often one of the most important considerations. People have survived without food for weeks or even in some cases for months but cannot go without water for just one day. Otherwise, there will be very, very serious consequences. So physical dehydration is a serious condition and if it goes on long enough, it can be life-threatening. But what about spiritual dehydration? And I don't just mean a little blip where we kind of lose sight of God for a moment or two, but more of a progressive stagnation in the deepest part of our being, what you might call a dehydration of your soul. Physically, you might be restless, not able to sleep, craving food, drinking more alcohol than normal, watching more television just for the sake of it. Emotionally, you might be erupt in frustration or anger, dissolve into tears again and again. You might feel crushed by anxieties and fears, especially in the middle of the night when these things are always felt more keenly. 
Spiritually, you might have lost interest in the Bible, bored by digital worship, out of the routines of regular prayer and lonely from the loss of face-to-face contact with friends who share your faith. The whole of life might seem stale and barren. These are the symptoms of spiritual dehydration. How do you deal with those kind of things? There's a reference in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah 2, verse 13, to a time when the Israelite nation were feeling a bit like this. And they tried to patch up their problems with what we might call some unsuccessful DIY. For my people have committed two evils, the text says. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. In other words, they didn't really believe that God could meet their spiritual needs expressed in this passage in terms of the fountain of living water. So they had a go at solving their own problems by digging their own wells. But those wells were cracked and they were useless. And so today we need to hear the invitation of Jesus, which says, if anyone who is is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The word water is used in a number of different ways in Scripture, but in this verse, it's an image of the Holy Spirit refreshing those who believe in Jesus and overflowing to the lives of those who are around them. And this is the great invitation for Jesus at the beginning of 2021. Before I explain exactly what I think that means for us today, just a little bit about this setting in which Jesus first gave this invitation. It was on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a wonderful annual celebration which recognized what God had done for the nation of Israel in the past and also looked forward to the future. There is so much that I could say about the Feast of Tabernacles, but just to highlight one aspect of the feast, that the special feature every day was the ceremonial drawing of water from the pool of Siloam each morning and the lamp lighting of a special giant candelabras in the temple in the evening. And both of those were spectacular ceremonies, full of meaning and significance. And in the morning ceremony, a group of priests would journey down what is an incredibly steep hill from the temple down to the pool of Siloam, and the leading priest would be carrying a golden jar of water, a golden empty jar rather, from the temple, which he would fill with water from the pool and then process process back to the temple and pour that water into a silver basin on the west side of the altar in the temple. And it then flowed down a pipe to the base of the altar. At the same time, another priest would pour some wine into the basin on the east side of the altar. And the wine and the water would mix. And in that moment, there was a symbolic infusing of hope and joy, of anticipation and expectation of the fulfillment of what God has promised. That water-pouring ceremony was acting out the words of Isaiah 44 and verse 3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Now the people of Israel did this year after year. 
But the extraordinary thing is that nothing seemed to actually happen until Jesus came and stood in the same temple at the same time and stood up on the last day of the festival and said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. The real source of life-giving water was from Jesus himself. And that is exactly the same today. He alone can quench our spiritual thirst and refresh our dehydrated soul. And notice that the tense of this invitation is such that we need to come to Jesus not just once, but again and again and again. Marathon runners don't just drink before they start running. They drink sips of water all the way through. And in the marathon of life, we need to drink from the fountain of Christ again and again and again. So what exactly does that mean today? It means that you need to believe in Jesus for who he is. The son of God, the savior of the world. You need to believe that through his death on the cross and his powerful resurrection, that you can be born again into a new way of life. You need to ask him to forgive you to save you and to bring you into his glorious family of God. And then you need to open up everything in your life to him. To allow his Holy Spirit to fill you to overflowing. Hydration takes time. A dehydrated plant does not recover instantly. A dehydrated person needs careful medical attention to restore their bodily fluids to the right level. Spiritual dehydration takes time as well. There may be those of you who have never yet come to that place of real faith, trust and confidence in Jesus. The invitation from Jesus is for you today to come to him now to drink from him, to receive his forgiveness and love and allow you to be born again as a child of God. But for many of you, that journey is already well underway. But you might identify with some of these elements of spiritual dehydration. And today you need to come and allow the Spirit of God to refresh your soul. Look again at the words of our text and read them slowly. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, says Jesus. Allow the Spirit of God to search your heart, to penetrate your thoughts, to reach into your emotions and to revive your spirit. I have to say that preparing this was such a blessing to me earlier this week. It's not that I didn't know all this before. It's quite familiar in some ways. But I needed to do to myself what I am saying to you today. Because I recognize in my own life some of those signs of spiritual dehydration. I think particularly as a result of recent months which have been so hard for all of us and there is that element of tiredness, of pressure, of strain. 
And here we are on the threshold of a new year. And God's desire is to refresh you and me as we step into 2021. That is the invitation from Jesus here and now. And just a word about the final part of this verse. Because the refreshment which comes from Jesus through the Holy Spirit is not primarily to make you feel good, but it is to overflow in blessings to other people. Rivers of living water will flow. In the story of the woman of the well in John chapter 4, where Jesus says very similar words, he goes on to say that the water that I will give them will become a spring gushing up to eternal life. Springs of water, rivers of water. The picture is of an abundant blessing which overflows. And that's so important for 2021. For many people, life is pretty barren at the moment. We are blessed with the opportunity of expressing overflowing love and joy and peace which Jesus gives through himself. Through himself. And as you come and as you receive today, so you can give. As you trust in Jesus, as you allow his Holy Spirit to refresh your barren soul, other people will be blessed as a result. And whether your communication with others is face-to-face, -face, whether it's on the phone, whether it's through Teams and Zoom meetings, or whatever it is, your awareness of God's mercy and grace will overflow. Because Jesus says, if anyone who is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them.